Good morning, everybody. You guys getting excited about, is Oxnard getting excited? I'm sorry, Port Wanimi, I don't want to miss you guys. You guys are important. Ventura, having our own midweeks. You know, it's gonna be, it's gonna be fantastic. We're really excited about that. And then, um, you know, what season we're in right now, if you're a parent, it is, it is soccer season. Oh yeah, baby. It's one of my favorite seasons of the year. Love this season. I ran into another disciple family. I ran into the Diaz family yesterday over in Oxnard. And, and uh, you know, Jaime's great. Jaime's a, actually a coach. And he's coached his daughter's team, uh, the younger t- daughter, and they won the championship there in the tournament. And I saw him coaching yesterday with Olivia's team. It was a fantastic. Great job yesterday, by the way. Um, it was incredible. And what, it, what, what kept dawning on me as I'm watching this, I'm watching someone like Jaime who's, you know, who's played soccer his whole life. He's in his 40s now, and he's giving back. Yeah, his daughters are on the team, but he's actually coaching the whole team. And it's kind of a higher level. It's a club level, so you, you kind of have to know what you're doing on that level to coach. And you, have, you must have played the game before to kind of get an idea of what it's like. And it was great to see him coaching, teaching, motivating, encouraging, correcting. And it was, it was actually kind of cool. Um, and I get to help out, you know, this time of the season with some younger soccer players. What I do in my free time. I help out because I want to give back because uh, I have all this soccer knowledge, all this soccer information, and what would be, what would be sad is if I died with it and never passed it on. And that's kind of the idea of my lesson today is that you have experiences that are in this, that, are, that really are like treasures. You have all this life experience and you can either not pass it on and just die with it or you can pass it on. So that's kind of the idea. That's kind of the. That's why this treasure chest it represents our marriage. Sometimes it represents divorce. Sometimes it represents financial decisions. Sometimes it represents children. Sometimes this treasure represents pain. Yes, pain. You know, m- many of us we had painful childhoods, but we wouldn't be the person today without that. So that's why I consider it a treasure. Regret, good decisions, our faith is in there, church is in there. Those are all treasures. And the longer you live, the more you have to give. Because you've accumulated so much. So much appreciate Peter Wade. He likes to teach people how to sing. He, he has something to give back to the younger generation. We're going to need that. You know, we're going to start a church in Oxnard. There's a lot of people that have things, their treasure chest is full. And you're going to have to have to give some of that. Because you'd be sad to die with it, to die with your treasure versus giving. In other words, share the wealth. You know, when I was a young disciple... I was a newly converted disciple in the, in the college ministry, and I was not doing well. I came in, and I got into sin really fast. Uh, we had this new campus minister that came in. His name was Jim Hornbuckle. And he came in, and I was hiding. He, went, he kept calling. Hey, no, I'm not calling me. He kept calling my house. I was going to say texting, but there was no text back then. He kept calling my house saying, let's get together. And I had my mom answer the phone. Tell him, no, thank you, no, thank you. Because I didn't want to spend time with him because I wanted to hide. And he wanted to give. 
I, I don't know what he was going to tell me. I thought, he, does he know what's going on? And so I kept running. And he was trying to give me treasure. But I kept running away. I didn't know what he wanted to do with me. And so we finally, he saw me on campus because he'd come to campus and he'd hang out there at the student center. And he sat down, hey, 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 how's it going? Uh, it's going okay. It's going good. And how, how are you doing? I said, oh, I'm doing good. I'm, you know, you, you, when you're doing bad, you always say you're doing good. You know, that's how you, you, oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's solid, solid. And right away, I noticed that he just wanted to give something. He wanted something for me, not something from me. And that really changed our relationship. So I, and then I said, okay, I'm not doing so well. This is why, blah, 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 blah. And there was a point where I just didn't want to be a disciple anymore. I said, I can't, this is too hard. You know, look at all these women out here. How, how do you even be pure out here? This is crazy. How do you do that? And the more I shared, the more he gave and gave his wealth of wisdom, wealth of encouragement, wealth of motivation. You can do it. So much so, so much so I asked to lead a, a, a 6 a.m. morning Bible devotion. Yes, 6 a.m. We'd get up and have a morning devotional with all the college students. We met at school at 6 a.m. Say that now. They think I'm crazy. But we actually did that. And he goes, gee, I want you to lead the devotional. I'm like, Me? Lead a devotional? Okay, fine. So I studied. I got a couple of passages, and I led a 10-minute devotional. Then afterwards, he goes, Kimmy, I want to talk to you about your devotional. I go, oh, my gosh. It was that bad. He goes, you know what? This is what I really liked about one of your points. You know, you're going to make a great preacher one day. Yes. That's the first time I was like, me? Me? I never looked at myself that way. He was just giving me his treasure, this, this encouragement, this belief. And I was like, can I lead a Bible talk? He goes, yeah, you can lead a Bible talk. Great. I started leading a Bible talk again. I led one. I crashed and burned. Then I said, can I do it again? It's like, yeah, you can. And so I did. And it was amazing. You guys have people like that. If you look back at your life, you've had someone say something to you, to you that moved you enough. They share. Guys like, you know, Steve Marici. Steve Ganser. Had a powerful influence on my life. You know, I met Steve when he, when the, one of the only times in his entire life when he didn't have a beard. <laughs> there was a season where he actually shaved it and I was actually becoming a Christian. And the fact that the minister came over and just said, hey, I heard you're in the Bible. I want you to know, I am praying for you, I love you, and I appreciate you. I was like, I love this church. He was just giving me some of his treasure. When I think about Ron Quint, when our kids were little, Ron would just give me pearls of wisdom on raising children. I was like, man, thank you so much. Because he was just giving back and turning around. He'd raise two sons of his own that are disciples today. So I was like, oh my gosh, the privilege of just getting some wisdom. So I want to talk to those who are over 40 today. Amen. And I also want to talk to those who are over 30 today. I also want to talk to those who are over 20 today. I also want to talk to those who are entering high school today. I don't want to talk to those who are hard-hearted. I want to talk to those who are open-hearted. 
Because when the seed of Christ lands on that soil, man, it sinks in and it produces something. If your heart is hard, I can throw many seeds at you and you just bounce off like Wonder Woman's bracelets. <laughs> right? We don't want that. Every single one of us has an opportunity. But if we're not careful, you're going to miss it. And I don't want you to miss it. By opportunity, I mean an opportunity to leverage your life, the treasures, and your life experiences in such a way that it speaks to and influences the next generation. Beyond your family. Outside of your family. And there's a treasure full of life experiences that you will die with unless you become intentional about distributing your wealth, distributing your experiences. People become teachers because of that. Because they want to give. One of our brothers, Michael Johnson, he works in a very challenging school district. I'm sorry, I didn't even ask permission about this, but I... Please forgive me. He's giving back to kids who sometimes are very difficult to teach. He's making a difference. Big time. We all have stories like that. And so what I want to encourage us is begin to take the treasures out of our chest. Some of you have raised your kids. Some are in high school, college. Some are in the junior high ministry. You've navigated marriage up to this point. Maybe you've been divorced and you're remarried. That's a life experience. Some of us in this room, we've experienced highs and lows in careers. Hiring and firings. Hiring and laying offs. We face sickness, cancer. We've experienced our parents passing away. We experience faith in the church and then doubt in the church and then cynicism in the church. It's all in there. Disappointment. Aging parents. Fear. Miscarriages. Fertility struggles. They're all in there. They're just treasures. So we've acquired valuable wisdom, valuable experience, and valuable perspective. So the question is, what are you going to do with it? You going to die with it? Most people do. Their treasure gets buried with them because they never took the time to pass it along to those who are coming behind them. A lot of people die with their treasure. So the value of life is always determined by how much of it is given away. While this is true, and if you're a Christian today, there is a divine mandate to pass things on. As a disciple, Matthew 28, it's a mandate to take our treasure or experiences of life spiritually and to teach other disciples the, the teachings of Jesus. That's a mandate, spiritually speaking. And then there's other life stuff. So look at me in Matthew chapter 25. Come on, bro. If you've been here or maybe you've grown up in church, maybe you, you're in your 20th year as a Christian, your tenth, you may remember this parable, the parable of the talents. And Jesus always started these stories that illustrated a very spiritual point by the kingdom of heaven is like. And he tell you this story about 
this picture story about what God is like. And I love that he did that because it's kind of boring just to read the Old Testament. And he understood that. Just a story. He goes, hey, wait, forget, listen to me. How am I going to tell you a story of what God is like? Of what the kingdom of heaven is like? And that's what made him powerful. Because the Pharisees didn't know how to talk that way. So there's these three servants in the parable, in Matthew 25. They're given three different amounts according to their ability. They're given these talents. Money. But it's always according to their ability. One guy got five, one guy got two, and one guy got one. And they were expected to multiply it for the master's benefit while he was gone. That's kind of the, the story of the parable. Okay? So let's pick up the account. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. In verse 20, the man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you've entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, look what, I've, what I had. I couldn't wait for you to get back, so I had the opportunity with you left me. I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. You know, your experience, my experience, good and bad, is a bag of gold. Yeah, you may have had difficulties. Your parents, unloving, kind, alcoholics, drugs, but what I learned from my experience with my parenting, with my father and mother, I'm grateful to who I am today. I've had to learn to overcome adversity at home. I've had to learn to overcome a controlling mother, a, a passive aggressive father. It's who I am today. And that fuels me, is a gift to me, and how I can parent my kids God's way because of that. What I was lacking then. I'm able to give now. So I, I, I look back at my life experience as, man, that's, that's pretty awesome. For years I thought I was just bitter and angry. And I was bitter and angry because I didn't look at it as a treasure. I looked at it as, man, that's, that's tough. Why didn't I get this? And why didn't he do that? And why didn't... Versus, that is a gift that is in my heart and the way I, I parent now is completely different. And I have to tell my kids, you know, this is grandpa. My dad's super loving to the kid. Hey, how you guys doing? Like, that is not the father that I knew growing up. I just want to be clear for the record. That is not the dad that I knew. He turned into grandpa. Super loving guy. Handing out $100 bills. Like, dad, slow down. Calm down, dad. Can't buy me love here. We have an opportunity. We have a responsibility to invest it. Don't bury it or allow it to be buried. And in this context, you can understand the master's response to the one who buried it. In verse 26, there's one of the guys, he, he takes it and he buries it because he's afraid. He's scared. And God says, you wicked, lazy servant. Because I was so scared. I don't know if I could do it. I don't know if I can give it away. I don't know if people will listen to me. You know when you make those excuses? Who, who am I? What do I have to give? 
All I do is pass the, the baskets at church. What do I have to give to, a, to someone else? And he buries his talent. And he buries the ability. And he doesn't invest it into the next generation. Wicked. I mean, you could die with it. That's how God's, God feels about it. Lazy. My translation, you, you, you had an opportunity and you threw it away. And we all have opportunities. So if you're in your 20s, you know what it was like to go to, through high school? If you're in high school, you know what it's like to go to junior high? You got some wisdom to share about junior high, the, how to navigate junior high, right, high school students? And then when you become college students, guess what you can go back and, hey, let me tell you about high school. You're going to need to know this. This is important. When you're 40, to look back. When you're 50, to look back. And it could be as simple as, I know how to play the violin. Let me share it with someone. Because you know what that does? It builds a relationship. You know why I like working with young soccer kids? Because I become their friends. I ran into one just the other day. He's a little older. He's like, hey, Gio. And I'm like, hey. He's a little more grown up now. I'm like, wow. I taught him how to dribble like five years ago. And he remembered my name. And we got reconnected. I love that. Because it's an opportunity also to share the gospel. I'm trying to build relationships with people outside of my family. I want to influence them. I want to, and one of my great abilities is I know a lot about soccer. I played it my whole life. I played in college. College, come on, baby. <laughs> Steve loved when I said when I say that. He just loves it. So why not give some of it back? Why not do it? I love doing it. And I'll continue to do it. Because one, I'm giving back and I'm building a relationship. None of these kids are probably gonna play pro soccer, but you know what? We're gonna always be friends. And as they get older, I like that. I think about in the summertime, my favorite week in the summer is going to youth camp. This 44-year-old body can can, almost can't take any more water balloons. <laughs> but I do it because the impact of the next generation. You know what I like doing? I like overstocking our camp with high school gophers. They say I only can bring 10. I usually bring 15. I can bring as many as we can because I want them to give back. I want to teach them to give back to them. And it's exciting. There'll be a day when I can't do it anymore. Someone else is going to have to do it. Because, you know, I have to, I have to wear pads now. Because it hurts. <laughs> Turned 45 in December. I didn't realize how much gray I had until I started growing a little goatee. I said, well, I got some grays there. I think all the water balloons knocked the grays down into here. <laughs> and, you know, grew it this way. I've got a passion about things in my life because I've got history. I told you about Jim Hornbuckle when I was in college. When Karen and I were first married, we had Bruce and Robin Williams in our, in our, doing our mentoring. Man, I learned a nugget from Bruce. Here's the nugget he told me, and I'll pass it on to you. When your wife asks you to do something, do it right away. I was like, she asked me, what if I'm watching TV? Do it right away. Do it right away. 
what if I'm on the toilet? Do it right away. <laughs> I mean, I was trying to find an excuse not to do it right. He goes, Gio, do it right away. That was the first lesson of marriage I got into the gates. Tw- uh, 16 years later, when Karen asked, I just do it right. I'm, just, I'm a robot. Yeah. Uh, I'm, like, I'm like the Manchurian candidate. Yes, I will go. <laughs> I will do it. I just do it. And then Karen asks, Karen was sometimes coming to me and goes, hey, I told you to. It's already done. She's like, oh, you're so awesome. <laughs> it's done. One of the greatest gifts that was given to me in my marriage was just do it right away. I want to personally thank TiVo for that opportunity to pause TV and do it right away. Thank goodness for technology. I'm so glad, I'm so glad that Bruce and Robin Williams didn't say, well, I don't know anything. I don't, I don't have anything to be helpful. I'm, I'm too busy. Let's just focus on the ministry. They cared about my marriage. At least Bruce cared about making sure I was going to be listening to Karen because I think he knew something about me. That I hardly listened to Karen. And he says, you better listen to your wife. And I, I appreciate that because it's an important, important message. Think about guys like John Mantle. John Mantle, we called him Grandpa Shark. John Mantle's a senior citizen. But yet he started youth camp for the entire Los Angeles church. It's going on for 17 years now. He established it. For the kids. For your kids. Your kids go to camp because John Mann says, hey, I'll do that. I'll help out. And so he became what we call Grandpa Shark. Literally a senior citizen in a water war. Just water guns, water guns. There he is giving back his treasure. And in and, and, and youth camp, we always get a handful of kids that are so overwhelmed by just being there. They have never been away from home and they want to go home. And they want it. They keep saying, I want to go home. And we, use, we, we never say the word homesick. We distract. Hey, look at that. Hey, look over there. Hey, there's a bug in the hair. Hey, there. See that cloud? That cloud's kind of weird. Yeah. We just distract them. But there's some kids that just, they're, they're not playing that. They're like, I want to go home. We would bring them to John Mantle. And John was, you see John the whole day with hanging out with them, talking with them, doing stuff with them. And then at the end of the day, the kid's like, I'm having a great time. It was like magical. Wow. Senior citizen, fifth grader. I just can't explain it. But John just decided to give back and look down to the next generation. That's what he did. John left to go be with his family and serve as an elder in the St. Louis church now. Now we have Ron Quint. He's our Q. He's taking on that mantle. Because we were trying to find an overseer for the camp and we weren't getting many volunteers to be that role of the overseer of the camp. And Ron kept inquiring, have you found anybody? Have you found anybody? I said, why don't you do it? He's like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> and here he is. He just wants to give back the treasure. I think about Jay Minor. Going to be turning 50. Just lost his father. He's been doing the worship. He, he basically has the backbone of the music of camp that the kids just love. 
They're like, why isn't this music at our church? You know, to cries and tears. Oh, I love this. Kids are singing, crying, pouring their hearts out. J minor. And he goes, he goes, gee, I'm getting too old. I got to let another. I got to let the next generation do it. I'm like, no, but I like it. So God. He's looking next. How about the empty nester movement? Your kids are going to college, they're going away. I love that. I'm not there yet. I can't wait to go, yes, empty nesters. <laughs> Many around the, around the church, the churches of Christ, they're starting a movement of being active and giving back. It's amazing. They're giving back their treasure. For some of you, this is an opportunity it's an opportunity to redeem your failure. It's a chance. Failure is the best teacher. It's the best teacher. Because when someone fails, I've been there. I go, oh, you have? Who wants to talk to someone? I never failed, man. I can't relate, but I'll help you. Um, uh, it's kind of awkward. A little awkward. It's the best teacher. You struggle with that sin? Yeah. I struggle with that sin too. Let's talk. Give it to someone outside your family. Sometimes our kids want us to do that. Tell someone else now, Dad. Share it to someone else. Not me anymore. I'm in high school. Right? The objection is you think your life isn't that special. That's the objection. My life's not that special. I, didn't do, I don't think I'm good at anything. I want you to go back and look at your treasure. Look at your experiences. You ever went to a job interview? Yes. That's an experience. You ever been laid off? That's an experience. You ever got promoted? That's an experience. You ever got a pay raise? Yes. I know what that feels like. You ever had your heart broken? Yes. That's an experience. Ever study the Bible and help someone become a Christian? Yes, that's an experience. Your life is full of experiences. The objection is your life's not special because you're scared to give it away. We're fearful of giving what we have away. And we hide behind, I'm not special. You're special. Your life is special. You have uniqueness about you, your experiences. It's unique. This guy in the parable, he was just lazy. So my point isn't that you're going to need to all become volunteers at church. That's not my point. When we can find something for you to do, the church always has needs, especially in the Oxnard church that's going to be starting. You're going to be needed in a big way. You just can't just show up to church and go, oh, everything's happening around me. No, 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 no. You're going to be the church now. We're dividing and conquering, right? Boom, boom. That means you've got to be like, I'm going to do something. Oxar can no longer come and just sit down and go, I'm just going to kick it. No. You can't do that. There are some of you that work very hard, but we're going to need every one of you to really be helpful. So that's not my point. This lesson, but I'm just making a side point for you. 
because you're special. Life is richer when you give your treasure away. You know, the written assessment, sometimes the fifth graders, is that the teacher will write an assessment most likely to end up in prison. That's written a lot sometimes in these inner city schools. Not going to make it. Some teach, some sixth grade teachers, you know, tell the fifth graders that no other kid's coming in. I heard a lot about you, but I don't believe a word of it. What? what? They're just giving the treasure of encouragement, of belief. Sometimes what these kids need. And now it's your turn to give it. Whether it's spiritual, whether it's your hobbies, life, whatever. Life experiences, give it. Because what are you going to do with all this stuff? You're going to bury it like the guy in the parable? Or are you going to offer it? Don't bury it. Don't let your treasure be buried with you. Leverage it for the sake of others coming along behind you. For the sophomores and the freshmen who are in high school now, there's going to be freshmen next year from the legends coming up. They're going to need you. How to handle the first year of high school. It's a little traumatic. Even first day of junior high. Mine was very traumatic. So I, well, I've warned kids. If someone comes up to you and says, hey, if your hand's bigger than your face, you have cancer, don't do it. Don't do that. Just keep walking away. My first day in sixth grade, that's what happened to me. So I, I, I willingly pass out that treasure. Because I fell for it. Because I was wanting to make friends. And that's what I got. I've warned my children, and I'm warning you. Don't do it. Leverage your treasure for the sake of others. You'll be glad you did. Or you wish you had. Or you'll be glad you did and somebody else will be glad as well. Because the longer you live, the more you have to give. Invest your time and those coming along behind you. Because the value of your life is determined by how much of it you give away. That concludes our service and our time together.